This is Recruiting Daily's Recruiting Live podcast, where we look at the strategies behind the world's best talent acquisition teams. We talk recruiting, sourcing, and talent acquisition. Each week, we take one overcomplicated topic and break it down so that your three-year-old can understand it. Make sense? Are you ready to take your game to the next level? You're at the right spot. You're now entering the mind of a hustler. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup, and you are listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. We have a fantastic topic today. It is the democratization of HR tech. Uh, What areas still need improvement? I can't wait to get into this. We have Andrew on from Grata, and uh, we'll start off with introductions. So why don't we do this? Because we got a great topic. I want to get as much time in as possible. Andrew, if you would do me and the audience a favor and introduce both yourself and your company. Great. Yeah, definitely. Thanks so much for having uh, me on the show. Super sure. excited to, uh, to dig into these topics. So I'm the uh, CEO and co-founder of Grata. Uh, we're a B2B private company search engine that helps recruiters with business development, ultimately helping them find new opportunities and build better relationships with their existing clients, uh, pretty much helping grow their business at the end of the day. I think one of the main things uh, that I think about a lot is that the the conversation is really around how you potentially source potential pipeline or candidates in your pool, as well as how you screen them and evaluate talent. Although a lot of times we leave off the topic of how do you generate new business um, and have uh, building that part of the business. And And I'm super excited to kind of dig into that topic with you today. And Grata helps, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it helps mostly third-party, independent staffing, RPO, that executive search, that side of the business, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, we help mostly with identifying new accounts uh, that right. you potentially work with. Uh, oh, so cool. if your business is kind of predicated on working with uh, new clients and building books of business, you know, that ends up being uh, a great use case for, for kind of using Grata and kind of digging into that world. I need to introduce you to a, a former guest, actually. He uh, runs an early stage uh, hiring company. So all they do is zero to 100 employees. After oh, 101 employees, they don't work with them. They literally, they've built in enough at that point. But they're finding those early stage companies, this is where they would, this is where they would potentially use uh, Grata. So. It's, it's extremely uh, it's a challenging task, right? Because at the end right. of the day, the companies are always changing. You always have that's to right. find new opportunities. You're constantly hunting. And it's a business that's pretty much, for the most part, a relationship business. You know, right. you're thinking a lot about who have I worked with? Who can I get a referral for? But to go past that and really grow your business, you've got to look to other mechanisms. And in our world, it's really about how do you digitize or kind of automate that business development process to, to kind of save yourself time, headache, and, and ultimately get in front of the right people at the right time. I love that. I love that. Well, let's get into, uh, let's start off with uh, what, you know, what, first of all, your, your product. Um, it, obviously, you're working with third-party recruiters. Take us into exactly how that happened. So let's, let's say new account, a guy's name is uh, Kinkor, K-I-N-K-O-R. So actually, I'm him at this point. How do, how do you help me grow the business? And we'll get into some of the specifics for just a second. Yeah, yeah. So Pretty much there's three major use cases of how people uh, use Grata uh, to source new business. One is, is just finding the business itself, like identifying net new potential companies to work with. Uh, so that's about using companies that have either fit in time or both, ideally, so that you're a recruiter has some sort of specialty, something that 
um, you've been successful with in the past, and you want to find companies that are looking for that specific skill set. So you want to be able to find uh, new opportunities that are well aligned. If you're really great at hiring and recruiting for potentially machine learning engineers, you want to identify the right companies that are um, in need of that. So there's a fit question to it, but there's also a time question about, are they actually looking to make hires right now? Are they in the market? Are they looking to spend dollars on third-party help to ultimately um, drive that process forward? And what we found is that I think the number is 70% of companies out there are looking, uh, are, are struggling to find good candidates for their roles. And that leaves a really great opportunity for recruiters to come in and really kind of bridge that gap uh, and ultimately um, be a great resource to, to do that talent acquisition need. Uh, however, finding those companies who are at that point in time to look for, uh, or, or at that point in time where they're looking for help with their, their talent uh, needs is difficult. So what people use with Grata is uh, they're looking at when companies meet some sort of threshold about how much they're hiring. Maybe they're hiring particular types of senior leaders, which could be indicative of potentially um, additional hires down. So if you hire a, a new uh, kind of like engineering manager, perhaps that's indicative of future hiring that you could potentially help with. So it's, it's about identifying the fit of the customer uh, as well as identifying, is it a good time for you to potentially kind of reach out to them uh, is kind of the big thing there. And I think the another thing as well is, is when you do have a book of business and you have established relationships, obviously a great way to do that is kind of look for referrals, but it's also about re-engaging those existing set of customers in a meaningful way. So what a lot of people end up doing on the platform is loading up their existing book of business, putting, out, putting together lists of customers they've worked with in the past, and setting signals and triggers about when to reach back out to these organizations so that you remain top of mind. You know, because business development, in, in the case you were discussing before, is kind of you do it once and then they kind of go and, and you could potentially lose that customer. It's, it's a constant recurring act. So you're, you're constantly engaging with them. You're spotting opportunity and that when you find the right moment, perhaps they start hiring for a new role, that's a great moment for you to reach out to them and say, hey, we worked in the past, you know, maybe I can help you out with this. I have a great candidate for you, that sort of thing. So on the, on the third point, uh, that sounds like uh, CRM functionality where you put in your, your tickle files, et cetera, and maybe even uh, some campaigns. Could you, do you possibly get into the kind of the, the, the email marketing part of that or the follow-up part of that? Um, Cause that's what it sounded like. At least the tickle part sounded like this is how you remind yourself of what to do with, with, with your former clients or current clients. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's, it's definitely integrated into that workflow, right? Okay. Because at the end of the day, it's, having good up-to-date information on companies is challenging, but when you do have it and you're constantly being um, refreshed with what's going on with that particular company, you then have the best time. You, you know, the best time to reach out to those organizations. Um, you know, when things are changing in their business, you know, when they've been uh, perhaps hiring certain roles or going through acquisitions or in some cases funding, but there are certain signals, particularly um, more advanced signals that can give you forward looking perspective on this organization. So rather than being kind of reactive to saying, hey, you know, I saw that you, you received venture funding, that's great. But if you were to see that signal ahead of time and be more uh, predictive, that's really where the power is. It's being able to spot some of those early signals, which you know, may not appear to be um, significant at the moment, 
But if you look at them across a wide enough set of companies, you can spot those ahead of time and, and really leverage that as a proactive mechanism. Love that. Thank you. So uh, pain points for recruiters outside of business development. What are you, what else are you seeing for recruiters that are uh, painful for them right now? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think we would, we definitely have to kind of have a conversation around COVID, you know, that, that changes a lot of things. Um, I, I think, you know, there's two areas that, that we're seeing a lot of activity, one of which is this idea of how do you screen candidates automatically? How do you make sure that they're qualified and there's a good fit? And that ends up being um, another great application of technology. You know, we think business development has a, a good moment where automation can really assist in that. But with this application screening technologies that are out there, you really have the ability to remove the tedious work that tends to waste time. And I think when it comes to running a recruiting business and being effective, it's all about how do I save time? How do I automate the things that are not necessarily value add and being able to you know, review videos automatically or video interviews automatically? Those end up being great mechanisms to, to save a tremendous, tremendous amount of time. Awesome. So now let's kind of what type of solutions are you seeing become more widespread and adopted in uh, within the field to solve these problems? Yeah, I, I think uh, there's there's some great ones out there that are around more automated matching of, of potential uh, candidates and, and companies. Uh, so it's, it's about really understanding if the fit is good, if the candidate and the company have a good fit, both culturally as well as technically. In the case of kind of more tech recruiting, it's about do you have the skill set that, you, that you're actually looking for? Um, but there's a huge component of this that, that's also around the, the cultural fit. Um, and that ends up being quite interesting, both from the ability to hire people that are aligned with existing uh, people on the team, but also if you have some sort of agenda about you know, increasing diversity or kind of expanding the type of thought that's in your, your organization. And a lot of these automation pieces ends up helping uh, those because you can do them at scale and, and they're, they're in less time for you as an individual. So now let's move over because the, the title of the show, the democratization of HR tech and what areas still need improvement. Let's, let's move over uh, into close to the uh, still need improvement. So let's start off with what are, what are some of the biggest trends impacting recruiting in 2020? Yeah. Yeah. So I think one of the big things that we've seen, particularly on the business development side, is that COVID has impacted businesses and their hiring needs um, very lumpy. Uh, some businesses are still hiring very active in the space, while other businesses out there have pretty much you know, stopped hiring because of, of basically COVID doesn't impact every business equally. You know, and you know, some have been hurt very badly, um, as we can imagine. So one of the things that we've seen in the market is that it's forced recruiters to be flexible. Um, it's forced them to spot the opportunity and think more about where is the ball going, where are the, the pockets of opportunity to kind of be successful, and maybe backburnering the spaces that are not as active. Um, where traditionally, you know, you may have been really focused on a specific geography um, or a specific type of company or a specific book of business, now we're seeing recruiters who are needing to be more flexible with that. With remote work, you have these companies that are actually expanding their purview of where they can potentially hire from. So if you've been really focused on, say, the New York market or the SF market, 
you have to start thinking more broadly about where you source these candidates from, about what types of customers you're actually working with. Um, so we've seen a really big trend there. And, and actually more so, we're starting to see businesses or recruiters starting to think more kind of like venture capital about where do you place your bets and your efforts and your energy? Um, how do you get ahead of the types of skills that are needed to be uh, in kind of a future economy or a future market, as well as what markets are going to be hot in the future? Um, so needing to think more forward thinking um, and looking for tools that ultimately help them do that. Um, in our side, it's about predictive analytics around business development, but it's also about understanding the skill sets and how they're adapting in the future as well so, to identify what types of things people will want, not only now, but months and, and years ahead. Love that. Okay, so let's ask the, uh, a similar question or the same question, but focus on tech. So tech trends that you see that are impacting recruiting in 2020. Yeah, I, and I think, I think it really comes down to automation. Um, it's things that you've done in the past in a manual way, um, whether it goes back to this idea of reviewing candidates, um, reviewing interviews, video interviews, and having that step automated to really helping the recruiters focus on things that are truly value add. So I think like the advent of automation is, is a big, big trend that we're seeing across all many different functions within the recruiting space. Um, it's, it's business development, it's recruiting, um, it, it's candidate screening. It's about the matching of candidates to specific companies. Uh, it's about managing outreach, both on the business development side to potential uh, companies, but also the prospects themselves. You know, we're seeing recruiters adopting technology that helps engage with candidates and manage that flow uh, much more than we've seen in the past. Uh, that ultimately uh, helps, you know, do more, you close more deals um, and keeps you focused on the, the actual value add and activities that, that you want to be spending your time on ultimately. Yeah, I, I, I have two follow-up questions around automation. One is, um, have you seen either with your own uh, recruiters that y'all work with or, or outside of that uh, fear uh, from some recruiters about automation, about maybe it taking their job or, um, I don't know, just fear in general of automation? It, it's classic, right? Like that's a, that's a classic question about whether or not, you know, automation is going to help you do your job better or it's going to replace your job right at the end of the day. And, and I think where we're at at a point in, in, in a level of automation and sort of the way people view this is that working with an individual is extremely powerful, right? There are certain tools out there that have tried to create marketplaces that have tried to create different methods of recruiting. But at the end of the day, there's a lot of comfort around working with someone who truly understands your needs, truly understands what you're looking for, and can, can actually deliver on that and become someone that you can work with and build a relationship over time. So they become sort of an extension of your team in a lot of ways. And I think automation doesn't replace that, right? Where, where we think automation is super exciting is that as you start to develop more and more understanding of other businesses and how they're developing and what their needs are, you can be a better thought partner for those companies. So, you know, while automation can improve uh, your experience and improve how much time you're spending on these kind of less desirable activities, we think there's a lot of opportunity to learn more about the people you're actually recruiting for, and then ultimately be more kind of a thought partner in order driving value that way, um, which is something that automation really doesn't address and I think will be very difficult to address in, in the near term. 
Right. Right. I can't replace that. Um, have you seen any, or, uh, you know, again, outside of your clients, have you seen any downsides to automation? Um, yeah. So I, I think one of the things that we've seen in business development, that's sort of a bad practice um, is this idea of, I figured out that I can send a ton of emails to a ton of people and that seems like a great idea. Uh, oh, so if I get 10 clients from 100 emails, I'm going to get 100 clients from 1,000 emails. And that just keeps like going up, up and up. And you have this idea where it just doesn't actually work. You know, like it, at the end of the day, people respond to customization. People respond to really understanding the needs, your needs. You, when you think about people that you've responded to, it's often because there's something that strikes you where you're like, wow, how did they know that I want this? Um, for us, you know, when we think about our recruiting, it's like, oh, there's this candidate that works for this company that maybe isn't a competitor of ours, but uses very related technology. Like, how did that person know that there's so much overlap here? Um, how did they know this is actually a similar company? And at the end of the day, that's really what, what kind of bites in a lot of ways. Um, so I think that's a, kind of a really compelling thing. And, and you really have to avoid this, this desire or kind of um, false action, which is just kind of like spraying and praying kind of thing. That doesn't really work so well. Um, so I would, uh, I would say that's kind of a negative thing because it ends up turning what could be really powerful, proactive outreach into you know, spamming. Right. I've, it's funny that you mentioned that. That was exactly the example I had in my head is those emails that you get like, hey, I'm not sure if you saw my last email. <laughs> and, yep. if, and it's the sixth email in a row that yeah. you haven't responded to. It's like, ah. Um, so before but what's we, really, oh, just one more thought on that though, but what's really powerful though, is if that person had introduced a piece of value to you yes. where they yes. really understood what you wanted. And they said, I know you're looking for XYZ. I have this great person. This is why they're a great fit. This is why their experience is super relevant to you. That's super powerful. And that's what we're seeing is working. It's when people are understanding both the businesses that you're recruiting for, uh, the businesses that you're reaching out to, as well as the businesses that your candidates have worked for in the past, because that's a really strong connection to understand that their experience is super relevant to the company you're reaching out to. And we see that to be just extremely powerful and successful in the market. Awesome. So the, uh, before we get to 2021, I wanted to ask you experience wise, uh, cause you've got, you've got, you know, three different experiences, right? You got candidates and their experiences, you got recruiters and their experiences and you know, clients and their experiences, hiring managers and their experience. Um, what have you seen in those to make kind of make those experiences more, uh, uh, more robust or better, deeper, et cetera? Yeah. Yeah. So from an experience perspective, yeah. So I think, um, I think there's, there's a couple things out there. Uh, from a candidate perspective, you know, we're seeing a lot, I, going back to this point of automation, I think it's really the kind of like a trend of 2020. And, and I think we'll talk about in 2021, it, this, this will continue. But this idea of more um, hands-off, kind of more rapid interaction with companies. So rather than going through a traditional kind of screening process, you're doing a lot more kind of asynchronous recruiting, um, both on how recruiters interact with customers or clients, but how the candidates also interact with the company as well. So rather than having to go through the same kind of three, three to four to five kind of round interview process, we're, like, we're now seeing people interacting with videos and automation and take-home tests and things that then evaluate 
in a more asynchronous fashion. Um, and I think that's good and bad, right? Because the, there's good in that the, the companies get to see more candidates with less time. Um, there's bad in that the candidate doesn't necessarily get to engage with the, customer, the, the client or the company uh, in as good of a kind of experience or have those conversations that get them excited. So I think there needs to be some sort of balance between the two uh, to say that, you know, we want efficiency, we want this automation, we want to be able to see as many candidates as possible, but you also need to be selling that candidate as well. You know, you need to be really engaging them with your culture. So I think, you know, that can be kind of a negative thing for the, the candidate experience. Love that. Now let's pop to 2021, which is really only a scant 60, 60 days away or less than actually. Um, yeah. Let's, let's talk about your anticipation, the, the, the trends that you anticipate or tech trends that you anticipate for uh, 2021. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, I think it really comes back to um, higher accuracy in the automation that we've seen. There's, there's kind of dumb automation and then there's intelligent automation um, in a lot of ways, I think we're going to see that really start taking off. There's been amazing advances in natural language processing and machine learning that have made things that were thought to be impossible in the past very, very doable. Um, that's a lot of kind of the underlying technology that powers our platform. Um, so we're seeing, you know, our stuff develop in, in kind of an accelerated fashion. And I think we'll start seeing that across a wide span of different types of recruiting technology. Um, so where if, you know, the accuracy or the success ratio of of certain platforms um, will only go up drastically over the next kind of 12 months or so. Um, so super exciting stuff ahead, but it really comes down to better accuracy, a lot more customization, uh, more data uh, to, to really drive your processes better. So I think of those in this kind of old fashioned framework of price, quality, and speed. And so as we look, if we could look through the lens of price, quality, and speed, you're thinking about um, maybe the cost of hiring going down in some ways, potentially, uh, or at least staying the same, maybe not going up. Um, you're looking at quality, maybe a higher quality of hire uh, for, your, for, your, for the recruiters and for their clients. And you're looking at uh, speed, the velocity in which of these things happen. You're, you're thinking 2021 is a way for automation and other things to make, make the machine go faster. Yeah, exactly. And I think the, the heaviest one there is, is the quality element. Mm. Um, it's better alignment of the candidate to the company, better alignment of the recruiter to the company, um, where we have more information about all of these types of entities. We have more information on the candidate than ever. We have more information on the clients you're working with than ever. So it's really about finding these better matches. And that is definitely what we'll start seeing more and more into the next kind of 12 months. Okay, so uh, two questions left. One is kind of 2021 for y'all. Uh, Grata's 2020, uh, if we could just kind of peer into y'all's roadmap uh, just a bit. Uh, the things that are public, obviously. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> Not your secret sauce. Uh, but for 2021, what are y'all working on for your clients? Yeah, yeah. So I think, you know, one of the big things that we've been pushing on and are going to continue to push on is just an expansion of coverage. You know, the middle market and small, medium-sized businesses are just there's so many of them out there and there's a ton of opportunity. Uh, so we're increasing the number of companies that we're kind of covering and we're able to surface information, really, really deep information on. So part of that is just more data. And part of that is like higher automation, um, higher accuracy. But at the end of the day, because there's so much opportunity and you can potentially work with so many different companies, uh, we want to have that information in our platform. 
so kind of expanding the opportunity and the potential for our, for our users to see more um, and potentially work with a lot of companies. And the big problem in, in this smaller kind of mid-market to small, medium-sized business is, is that there are just so many of them. Um, and it's often really hard to like find the right ones for you. Uh, so really about better technology on segmentation, identification, uh, those sorts of things. So what topics or questions uh, should we have you know, covered uh, that we didn't get around to in the last 28 minutes? That, that's a great question. Um, I mean, I think that we, we talked a little bit about COVID. We talked a little bit about the future. We talked about automation. You know, those are big things that, that we've kind of seen as impactful into, uh, into the recruiting tech. I'd be curious if you had other things that you'd want to dig into as well to, to wrap things up. International. I'm, I'm thinking, obviously, the four walls of the U.S., obviously, Grata makes complete sense because, yep. you know, for all the, all the obvious reasons. Um, are you all thinking about uh, North and South America? Are you thinking about other, other uh, you know, England, Australia, et cetera? Are you thinking about expansion? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. It's something that is on our roadmap, probably in the midterm, uh, midterm uh, sort of thing. The big thing there is that, you know, so much of our technology is based on interpretation of language and deep understanding of businesses that you really need to kind of internationalize a lot of the technology under the hood uh, and understanding how does this apply in different languages and things like that. I think, you know, England and, and, and kind of the UK in general is easy, you know, because it's, language similar, you know, it's English. Um, as you start going to other countries and other regions, it's a little bit more difficult. And that's stuff that, you know, we're, it's on our roadmap to do, but probably less so in the media term, because we think there's a ton of opportunity in, the, in kind of the US market right now. Oh, yeah. uh, so we're really focusing on that, but definitely something in the future. Awesome. Well, I think, uh, I actually, I, th I think that Europe, uh, because of GDPR, it uh it poses some really interesting data <laughs> quandaries mm -hmm. right for candidates yeah. and yeah. uh for for clients and recruiters so that that might be even harder than maybe what it's worth canada makes perfect sense like yes. uh mm -hmm. um just just because uh so yep. yeah uh, i totally agree and then again you've got so much opportunity within the four walls of the u.s you might not ever really need to even go outside the u.s so yeah it, it might not ever, it might not ever really become that big of a thing for you. But then again, with remote work, you start seeing that the, the four walls start breaking down, I know. you know, and they, and Canada gets a little more interesting, you know, it, and, and South America gets a little more interesting, you know, all those sorts of things happen. It's, it's interesting because it's, it's, uh, it opens up for all three, right? It opens up for candidates. It opens up for employees and it opens up for employers saying, so, and recruiters along being, being along for the ride. So everything gets open. Well, now what is that? You know, if you're hiring someone in Paris, what does that look like? How if you're sourcing yep. that person, et cetera. So that it does, you're right. Actually with remote work, especially with knowledge workers, that absolutely does open up that aperture, which opens up an opportunity for. It's interesting. <laughs> yep, exactly. exactly. It's interesting real quick. Um, listen, Andrew, I absolutely appreciate your time. I know that we, uh, I knew that it would take, it would fly by and it did. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. And, uh, and thanks for everyone for listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me and uh, enjoy uh, the rest of your day. Absolutely. You've been listening to the Recruiting Live Podcast by Recruiting Daily. Check out the latest industry podcasts, webinars, articles, and news at recruitingdaily.com.